Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to After Fantasy Podcast, episode 25. I'm your host, Peter, joined this week by Tom. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, very good, thank you. No gunner this week as he's still under the weather, so it's just a, a duo this week. So we'll go, we always go, Tom, we'll start with our league, quickly go through that. The top three, there is no change. It's Wolf Tone, Tony McClenley, still top. Conquering Lions, Robbie Dempsey, second. Giaxilagis, third. Uh, gunner has been down to six, so you won't be happy to hear that from his deathbed. Right. <laughs> the average for the last two weeks was 37 and then 38 points, which gives a total of 73. So our two-week combined total was Peter's 49.51, so was 100. Tom was 49.44, so 93. And Gunnar was 56 of 50, so 106. So if you want to take in the last two weeks together, Gunnar was the winner there, and you were slightly the loser, finding me seven points. But all still well above the average. So mm-hmm. you want to talk us through your game weeks for the second week, Tom? Any Anything you missed out on? Yep, so... Game week 22, I had Lewis in goals, got me seven points. Captain Tab, 14. I vice-captain Declan Gallagher, got me minus one. Uh, no points for him again. Two points for Ayer, seven points for Goldson. In midfield, I had Newell, who got me one. Turnbull, three. And my new recruit, uh, Mullen, got me eight. And up front, I had Edward, two points. And Stevie May got me one. Okay, I had 51 points this week. I had Marciano in goals, zero points. Hoban, Barisic, Goldston, Tavernier for 7-6, seven, 7-7. Seven, seven. In midfield, Callahan, 11 points. Turnbull, 3. Newell, 1. Ferguson, 3. Nisbet, 2. And Edward, 4. And on the bench, I had Guffrey for 16 and Mullen for 8. So, the Guffrey one, I mean, it's annoying at the time. 16 points, but he was he is my fifth choice defender. I'm never going to have him. But I've got the Rangers back, Fien Hoban. He was going to be the fifth one, so just luck to have it. And Mullen, obviously, I took for granted that Hibs are going to maybe beat Livingston at home, and it backfired. What can you do? You live and learn from that. Exactly, but, yeah. Uh, I think I'll learn from that going forward. I think I'll be having obviously those maybe starting, depending on the form keeps going. But we'll get to that as we go on, right? Do you have a start this week, Tom? I do, yep. Yeah. It's actually um, about Guthrie. Excellent. Well, that's a nice segue. That's... that's... Podcast business, that's good. Rifles his papers for stats. So Guthrie has only failed to return in one of his last five game weeks. And his previous scores were 7, 8, 13, 2, and then 16. So he's well informed, is our Guthrie. Excellent. He's either got goals or he's got clean sheets for us. 
<laughs> right, we'll go to the results, Tom. First up, this is way back on Boxing Day, I believe. So we're just going to bullet point these and then go into the, the latest week's fixture. So first up, Celtic 3, Dundee United 0. It was goals for Sorrow, Turnbull and Edward. McGregor, Sorrow and Griffith assists and a clean sheet for Celtic. So what have you got in this game? Um, so I thought it was quite a convincing win for Celtic. Um, they persisted with the Edward and Griffiths partnership up front. Um, in this picture, we also seen Sorrow get a goal and assist. I wouldn't get too excited about him, though, because he is a defensive midfielder. Um, so I wouldn't jump on him just yet. Turnbull got another goal. He's working up to be quite consistent. And it was a clean sheet for Celtic. But in the process, Julian had to sacrifice himself in order to preserve that. He's now injured. Um, but we'll come on, come to that later on. Right. Next up, Johnson Hamilton, no-no, two clean sheets. Aye, so I thought it was a bit of a flat game. It was a clean sheet from Hamilton, and they were missing a lot of key players, but they did well for the point. It was 28 shots to 10, so I think they kind of just tried to absorb it as much as they can, get through it. They're now in a bit of decent form, Hamilton, and I think they could maybe lift themselves to safety if things go well. Yep, just to say that, I think watching the Hamlet in the last couple of game weeks, I think they've actually improved. Even with the, even with the COVID crisis, they've come out of the end it pretty well. But we'll more on that next week. Right, next up, Mirnal Rangers 2, the Revenge League Cup exit. And this was Roof goal, Morelos goal, and a Hadji assist, and another clean sheet for the Rangers defence. That's right. So we did cast doubt on Rangers in the last pod about their ability to keep a clean sheet, but in this fixture, they proved us wrong. We didn't really need to worry about that. Roof scored again. He's been fairly consistent. And uh, Morelos got the second goal there as well. The concern is um, is from actually them scoring goals. They've, they've, uh, now that they've lost Roof, and again, we'll come to that on the next round, I think we're going to see a lot more sort of 1-0, 2-0 results, grind, grinding out wins for them. I don't think there's going to be a lot of big scores. So it's maybe time to start considering getting back onto the triple-up defensive-wise, <laughs> I think. Just came off it and back on it again. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you've got to go with the floor, haven't you? Right, and next up, probably the shock of the week, Hibs now, Ross County 2, Patton goal, Shaw goal, Shaw assist, Hilton assist, and a rare clean sheet for Ross County. Yeah, um, Ollie Shaw, Shaw got the goal and assist. And if, if we're going to include the following fixture for Hibs, which was the game against Livingston that we'll talk about, They've only scored two goals in five game weeks, which is a big concern for a, a supposed attacking team. It's, it's a bit of a worry for all, all those that were in Nisbet, uh, Boyle, Dodge owners. We've got to give them some credit. Um, sorry, Ross County, some credit. They're looking a lot better under Yogi. Uh, he needs, obviously, some time to bed in to, to develop the new culture within the club. But... Um, the one it's one to monitor just now. We need to kind of see who these standout players are going to be, uh, and then if if they do start to show a bit of form, we can jump on them at a, at a later date. Plus, if they do come to a bit of form, there is a split obviously in week thirty three, and if Ross County are flying, that could be good some well card options. But again, that's a long way down the line before we get to that. Yeah. Right. The last game of the game week box day was Motherwell nil, Kilmarnock two, Kelty goal, Whitehall goal, Pinnock assist. Clean sheet for Kilmarnock and also Robinson walked after the game. Thoughts? It was another poor game for Motherwell, I felt. I think they've kind of went the same way as Hibs. They've kind of lost their form. At this stage, not including the, the next round, they've had two goals in the last six. 
and I've only had one clean sheet in that time as well, which is a massive concern to those who have invested. We did see they were going through a, a nice sort of patch of fixtures and they've failed to capitalise on that. I wouldn't invest in any Motherwell players until we see what the managerial situation is, if they're going to stick to Lasley or whether they're going to, um, I think Tommy writes in the jobs, we need to find out what the situation is, the style of play, and then work it from there. But I would I would avoid Motherwell for now. In terms of Kilmarnock, Kilty got the goal, uh, which is good for those that stuck with him. And Kabamba was dropped to, to the bench for, for Whitehall, who got the second goal. And I think Kabamba was dropped for the sec the next round after that as well. So this this is a sort of small spark of form in a otherwise sort of quite a poor run for Kilmarnock. So Kilmarnock are another team which I, I'd, I'd look to avoid just now as well. Okay. Who's your thoughts, Robinson, walking the any follow-up on that? Do you think his time is up with enough out of the squad? Because he generally thought of as a well, a good, decent coach. I think it was two seasons ago they made two cup finals. They made Europe, obviously. Mm -hmm. So he did yep. have a good... But this year, the seems to be just kind of fell off a cliff. That's it. I, I think he feels like he's kind of ran out of options. I think he's he's tried to do what he, his best with the squad that he's got. He's trying to switch things around and it's just not working. I think he's... I think he, well, I'll say he wants to go on a high. It's not much of a high, but I don't think he wants to, to go, to walk away after, you know, getting them relegated or have, fight a relegation. He's not much further. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's got he's got to think about himself as well. And while, while people still think highly of him. Some would say that's that. a, ve a very honourable thing to do. <laughs> Takes on the next game in the second game week. Rangers won, Celtic nil. McGregor on goal, a beat on red card, clean sheet for Rangers. And I've actually looked down 2-0 here for some reason. That must have just been I'm watching it in my head. 1-0. So thoughts on this game, Tom? Yeah, so the goal was an, an own goal from McGregor, which actually resulted in Rangers winning the game despite having zero shots on target. Uh, we mentioned Julian was out for, for three to four months. That came to light. In the Rangers squad, Arfield and uh, Jack were out. I think it showed. I think Arfield kind of, that's how I dig from Arfield. It, um, Rangers' attack really, really lacked that. I think Selic probably had their best attacking performance that I've probably seen from them this season, I think. And they're unfortunate not to come away with, with, with more, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles with, with Selic. It probably shouldn't have been this game where the the, the league kind of hinged on. They've had plenty of opportunities to, to turn things around before then. I thought Griffiths was the standout player for us. Um, he had four shots, two on target, one off and one blocked. He also hit the post and made three key passes. I can I can see a few managers actually maybe making the switch. If a lot of people have jumped on Edward recently, given the the Hamilton and Ross County fixtures for Celtic, Griffiths is looking the more active one out of the two. He's a bit cheaper as well, so I can see people moving over. Celtic again, they were poor from set pieces, and that's something to consider when investing in opponents. Rangers got the clean sheet. The past few weeks, for for those getting creative with the the vice captain, the, they probably should have just stuck with with Goldson. We we obviously talked about. Um, we were a bit worried. Oh well, well Rangers have got a sticky patch here. Will they keep the clean sheet? We needn't have worried. And those that did get creative have probably suffered as a result of it. So I think for the rest of the season, it's probably captain Tav and vice captain uh, Goldson, unless there's a nice sort of double game week option. I don't think Rangers have any double game weeks as it stands. So. You've got to play the fixtures. Um, Selig have a poor Hibs team 
in the next fixture. And then they've got a double game week against Livingston home and away. Depending on Celtic's mindset, we've seen it in the Champions League in Europe, Europa League. Once Celtic are out, they then start playing the pressures off and they then start to play well. We've seen it with AC Milan at the start of that game and also the Lille game as well. So now that the pressure's off, they may feel that the league's gone and they might play with a bit more freedom, a bit more creativity, and that might work in favour of managers. I would probably suggest keeping a hold of Celtic assets for now. On the, on the other hand, they may feel that the league's gone and nobody really cares anymore. The January transfer window's coming. We know there's a few uh, squad players that, that are wanting away. It's difficult to say how things are going to go, but it's a, it's a situation to monitor for now. Uh, Roof came off in this fixture as well due to injury, and we need to see how long he's out for. I think that might impact on Rangers' ability to, to score goals, and that's why I was obviously mentioning the grinding out sort of 1 0, 2 0s. Right. You can answer the question before I asked it. My question was now that the league's over, we both we all agreed this game was kind of the Celtic had to win it to stay in the league and then out. It's now unsummit will come back for us. How would it believe for assets? I mean, for Celtic assets. Do you think you'll play strongest team still, still try to save some kind of face for the end of the season? You've answered that yourself, depending on how they come back. They make the players moving. So if you've got them in your squad, keep them and make a free transfer out of it rather than transfer them yourself. And with Rangers, do you think they'll just keep as is and just try to ground their way into the season? There won't be much rotation, do you think, will there? Nah, probably not. I'd, I'd... I, know I know they've got Europe in February, so maybe then, but... I can't see them rotating much. They'll stick with tried and tested and try to go over the line. I don't think either side, either Rangers or Celtic, will be willing to admit to this at this point. I mean, Gerard's talked about it. We, 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 we've got Aberdeen up next. It, it's, it's just another potential for us to get three points and we're not thinking about the league at all. You know, the players might have a different opinion, but Neil Lennon's not going to admit that the league's gone until it's mathematically impossible. And Stephen Gerrard's not going to admit that the league's won. When, when there's such a gap there, there's room for complacency from those that are ahead. And as, as I've said with regards to Celtic, once the pressure's off, they seem to play better for some reason. Okay. Next up, Aberdeen United in a Boarfest 0-0. Two clean sheets. Here in this club. Yeah, so um, first of all, looking at the lineups, Cosgrove was benched again, which is a concern. We've talked about his price tag. We really want players that are going to play consistently, get the 90 minutes or close enough, and he's, he's just not providing that just now. So I would I would probably switch if, you, if you're a Cosgrove owner. Um, Ferguson, another blank from him as well. His uh, values went up quite remarkably since the start of the season. He's now worth about $5 million. I feel Hedges is probably a better option um, going on recent form. In this game, he had four shots and four key passes, which was, which was pretty nice. And I think he's kind of more in about it when it comes to activity in front of the goal mouth. I think he's probably a better option as it stands. Aberdeen, I've talked about them in the past. I, kind of, I quite like them defensive-wise. I've, I've stuck with Joe Lewis for a, a large chunk of the season. They've now had four clean sheets in their last five. Um, they've only conceded a single goal in that time, which was against St. Johnson. And I think the defence is the area to target when it comes to Aberdeen. They've got Rangers up next. They're lacking roof. They've also got a double game week with Livingston in that fixture as well. 
Yeah, game week 24, Ross County, which is a nice fixture. And then game week 25, they're placing a Motherwell, which is on a really poor run of form. So there's certainly potential there for clean sheets. I wouldn't consider any Dundee United players just yet. They seem to score very few goals. And defensively, they can be decent, but they need to be more consistent. I think there's more, I think there's better sort of defensive options out with Dundee United as well. You've got the Rangers triple up, you've got Guthrie, we've obviously talked about Aberdeen as well. So Dundee, uh, Dundee United aren't a team I'd probably be looking to invest in just now. Am I right in thinking that Hedges was playing out of position in that game? Was he playing at right wing back and then come in? Was it what I could see? Did you just have um, some talk about that? <laughs> I know you have it's just what hard work in the highlights I was, just, I was following uh, it better. it was maybe he started at position then he came back in which got me wondering that the Ferguson the Hedges jump might be depending on if he's going to start playing a different formation but I suppose it doesn't really matter until it happens exactly yeah right next up Hamilton 3 Motherwell 0 goals from Hodgson Callaghan Smith and assist by Winter Mayo, Moyo and Callaghan assists and a clean sheet and I'm just going to irritate by saying every week, I watched the highlights of this game and I also I thought Callahan was brilliant again. He's on set pieces, even more so than he's switching wings than set pieces, and, and he was very unlucky not to get more than one assist. Thoughts on this, Tom? Yeah, so Hamilton, nice big scoreline there, 3-0 in the Lanarkshire derby. Um, I thought Chapman had a bit of a howler, but at the same time, the defending was poor for the first goal. Uh, the right back there had, had so much space to take his shot, and then, oh, I can't read my notes again. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'll excuse, just skip that no, You know excuse for the Christmas New Year one this time. I know, I'll just skip that bit. Uh, Stephen Robertson, he obviously re resigned. That was zero wins in all competitions, sorry, in, in nine in all competitions for Motherwell, which, which obviously highlights their poor run of form just now. Callahan got the second goal. And I think he's had quite a few goals recently. And the, the second goal came from a free kick as well. So even though Hamilton are a poor team, I think Callahan's a, a player to have because he always seems to be in a boat. We've talked about it in the past. He's, he seems to be the sort of talisman. Surprisingly also, Hamilton, that is their third clean sheet in their last five. I think ever since we've seen uh, about eight Hamilton players in the team of the week, that, that was the turning point for them and mm -hmm. they seem to have kicked on. A lot of players... Uh, a lot of fantasy managers were quite lucky in they've had them um, maybe Motherwell or obviously Marciano keepers. Gurley came on for them as their second keeper and got them a nice seven points. So it's maybe worth considering Hamilton defence as well, uh, especially as a as a backup. Motherwell, as we mentioned, have been poor. I, for that nice run, I ended up getting Declan Gallagher and also O'Hara as well. And I think it's probably been a big mistake for me. I actually might hold on to them just purely for the blank game week in game week 25 because it is only Motherwell, Aberdeen, Ross County and Rangers that are going to play. No, right, right, um, against Ross County, uh, sorry, Rangers against Ross County, you're probably not going to have too many Ross County players. So really, you're only going to have probably, if you're lucky, um, three Rangers, maybe three Aberdeen and possibly a couple of Motherwell if you want. Unless, so you it's, get, it's, unless people keep their wild card, but that would be kind yeah. of kind of Nah. It's a bit of a non-event, <laughs> that one. Um, White and Watt, they had uh, they had the most shots on target. 
and Gourley made six saves. So they were fairly active, Motherwell, but it was just Hamilton was just too much for them, really. Right, and also now Motherwell are sitting second bottom on goal difference. So my question is, do you think Motherwell's going to get dragged in a relegation fight? Um, I don't know. That, I mean, they've, they've, they've just signed that boy, Kelly, uh, the goalkeeper on loan from QPR. Um, so they seem to be quite active in the transfer window just now. They're looking for a new manager. So it's difficult to tell. It's difficult to tell. We'll have to see how they invest over the, the January window, who the manager is, and then decide from there. So we're in a sort of transitional period at this point, so I wouldn't I wouldn't like to see either way at this stage. Okay, next up, Hibbs nil, Livingston three, Mullen goal, Guffrey goal, Robinson goal, Robinson assist, Guffrey assist, and a clean sheet for Livingston as he won. Is that now seven to seven a shot? Six a shot? Six, I think. Six a shot. Okay, take us for that, Tom. Yep, so um, those that looked at the Hibs lineup will have seen that Marciano was actually due to start, but he got injured in the warm up and it was Barnes that actually started in his place. Uh, Livingston were actually pretty active in front of goal. Uh, Hibs had five shots and Livingston had 12. In terms of shots on target, Hibs had a mere one shot and Livingston had six. So it's almost as if they've switched places, Hibs being the attacking team and Livingston being in poor form, but um, Martindale seems to have, have turned it around. Um, the first goal seen um, Mullen score. He had four shots in this game, two on target, one off and one blocked. The third goal came from Robinson. He's also a midfielder. He's playing out of position as a striker. I think I said last pod, I like to look at him. I think he's going to start more consistently and he got the start this game. So um, he, he returned uh, Martindale's faith and got a goal and assist. That was his own. Sh- that was his only shot on target, though. So that is, that is a concern. He did score, but it was his only shot on target. The second goal came from Guthrie, and that was another set piece again. He's all, he seems to be lethal on free kicks and corners. Martindale seems to be the, the factor here. They've won their last five games. In that time, they've kept three clean sheets, and they've actually only conceded two goals, one of which was a penalty. So it's only a single goal from open play, so they seem to be pretty solid. The three standout players in that time for me is Guthrie, at 2.8 million, but he's certainly rising in price. Uh, he was around about sort of 2 million to 2.2 near the start. In that time, he's had three goals and one assist, uh, and he's accumulated 46 points. Uh, Robinson, who is the out of position midfielder, he is 3.7 million. He's also had three goals and one assist in the five games, and he's managed 25 points. Uh, just to caveat that, caveat that, he's only started in two of those games, so that's pretty decent. Another one which a lot of people invested on the weekend is Mullen at three million. He's had two goals and two assists and accumulated 28 points in that time. So those that are looking to invest in Livingston, and I suggest you do, given the the double-double game week, Ross County and Aberdeen up this weekend, and then the following game week, they face Selic home and away. So those are the three I would be looking at. I think Hibs were poor from both ends of the pitch. Their assets are fairly expensive as well because a lot of people have invested them over the, the game weeks. It's kind of hanging in the balance for them. Um, I actually own McGinn, and I think my transfer for this weekend is going to be McGinn out for Guthrie to come in. I, I don't fancy Hibs defensive-wise, and they seem to have fell off a cliff attacking-wise as well. 
Makes sense. The three players you mentioned, the three players I now own, by the way, just that's a, that, was, <laughs> that was nice and pleasing. Just give me give me my transfer for the coming week, but that's the three players I now own. Uh, do you think on form Longston can push for a European place, or is that too much to ask? Based on current form, then potentially yes. Um, they've, they've, they've shown consistency. The Matadale's managed to shore up the defence. They're attacking. They're coming at teams. Why not? Nine points behind, behind Hibs, two games in hand, mm-hmm. potentially. Get a clearer picture after the next two double game weeks, I suppose. Yeah. Right, up next, Kilmarnock won St Mirren 1. Whitehall scored his second goal in two game weeks. And Rogers an own goal and Burke assist for Kilmarnock. Yeah, so uh, Kabamba was benched again, as we mentioned. Whitehall and Kilty played up front in a 4-4-2 formation. I think both teams have failed to impress recently. St Mirren kind of hit a run of form um, around about that win over Rangers in the Cup. And I think that's maybe that has maybe carried them for a bit, but now it's just completely dropped. Kelly had a good run in the first half of the season as well, but again, that's another team that has dropped off. They did beat Motherwell in the previous round, but I think that kind of says more about Motherwell and it says more about Kilmarnock. Uh, Whitehall has now had two and two. It's, it's difficult to to bring Kabamba back in when he's when he's had a bit of consistency there. So for, for those that do own Kabamba, I think it's maybe time to get off just now. Um, Kilmarnock do face Hamilton, but as we've mentioned already, Hamilton aren't the, the same sort of whipping boys that are at the start of the that we've seen at the start of the season. They're now starting to, to show up the defense. Callahan's looking good. So it's it's not the sort of the plum fixture that we've we've came to know recently. So I think Kilmarnock may struggle. I think injury and COVID have helped Kilmarnock, uh, sorry, Hamilton back recently. And now that um, the players are starting to, to to come back into the squad, I think it's going to be a difficult fixture for them. Yep, we'll be tied anyone who predicted Hamilton to go down to start the season again. See the boy Whitehall, is he out of contract? Are they got an extension? Because I heard that twice in sports scene that he was out of contract and back to his parents. That's a loan or something, isn't it? Do you know any information on this? I've not heard anything yet, no. I'm going to check that for next week. Before he jumps on him, I think he's out of contract. I don't know if I try to extend his loan. Right, next up is the last game as well. Ross County won St. Johnson one Draper goal and a Conway goal, which was a penalty. Yep, it was also Conway that, that won the goal as well. Just and for me, owners, uh, that's a concern because he was benched in this fixture too. Uh, Chris Kane, he is 4.8 million. Uh, he's a striker. He had eight shots in this game. Two on, four off, and two blocked. The St. Johnston lineup um, changed, is changing a lot. Witherspoon was also benched in this fixture as well. I, I don't really like the Saints as, as fantasy assets, and I, I say this as a male winner as well, because um, I just don't feel that they scored enough goals. I'm actually probably looking to sell me at the nearest opportunity, but I kind of want to get on these Livingston players just now whilst they're in good run of form, so I'm, I'm gonna, he's going to have to be put on the back burner for now. Um, I said about the previous fixture, Ross County, they've had some better performances of recent. And a team, as I said, they're a team to monitor for now. Um, we need to see who these standout players are, what the sort of style of play is, and then, and then take it from there. They're also missing Ross Stewart as well, which I think has um, been a key player for them, even though he kind of he had some early season form and kind of fell away. You always get that new manager bounce. You're always keen to impress. And I think maybe um, once he's back into the, the mix... They could uh, start to show a bit of form as well, but until then, keep an eye out. 
Yep, just on that, also the same as Ross Cooney and Motherwell with new managers, there might be a lot more activity in the transfer window coming, so maybe new assets to the game. Mm-hmm. So people don't even know yet, so we have to wait and see how this all unfolds over the next month. Right, Tom, we'll move on. That's us finished in a roundup. Unless you can else to add. Time it up. Nope. Quite happy with people, that, yeah. people set, setting off fireworks out here. I don't know why they're setting off fireworks, but I don't know. It's annoying <laughs> my dogs, just in case any of them have a week and a bark through this podcast. Right, predictions, Tom. As it stood, 23, me, 10, you, and Gunnar, 22. And again, it'll be quick, short and sweet here. One point between the threes. 24 for me, 10 for you, 23. We get every result wrong, apart from... Wait a minute. I've made that. No, Gunnar got a point as well, sorry. The Rangers game, I said 3-1 Rangers. Gunnar said 2-0. You went for a draw. That was the only point we got. Everything else was wrong. Okay. Keep up our stellar standard of prediction. That's right. So, Definitely listen to us. The coming up, I want you to predict, right? So it's Livingston, Ross County, and I went 3 1 Livingston, and so is Gunnar. <laughs> Peer pressure. <laughs> um, I know I've, I've backed, I've backed um, Livingston's defence. I'm going to get Guthrie in, so I'm going to say 3 0 to Livingston. Okay, nice wee differential there. Aberdeen Rangers, I've went one each. Gunners went one nil Rangers. Mm. I've talked up Aberdeen defensively. Rangers are missing roof, but they've they've got like it's a default and these boys can come in, so uh, I'll say one nil Rangers. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me. It's gonna be a well, I say it's gonna be a low scoring game, it could end up they could run riot, but it seems like it's gonna be a low scoring game. And uh, next up, Celtic Hibs. I went 3 0 Celtic. The girls went one each. I think it's probably a clean sheet for Celtic since Hibs haven't looked great attacking wise. Um, probably say 2 0 Celtic. Okay. So that's my next week. Okay, bring us the TCs and VCs. So it's transfers, captains, vice captains, in case nobody knew what that meant. So it's transfers, Tom. I will go first. I brought a new two weeks ago. It's not worked out. I've took him back out for Robinson. I already had Mullen and I already had Guffrey. And the reason I managed to do this is because I didn't realise that my backup keeper was out on loan. So it was a free transfer. Oh, so I managed to get him out of the way, bring in Alnwick for St Murn, who's a playing keeper, obviously, and then downgraded Newell to Robertson and I've still got money at the bank. So that's me got my three Livingston players set up for the double game week. So do you make a transfer plan? You just say that. Is it going to be McGinn and Guthrie? I'm looking at McGinn and Guthrie. I was also looking at taking a hit as well. And I was going to get in Robinson too. But then the red appeared in the app and I was like, what's, what's going on here? And it turns I've, I've still got McCrory as my second keeper. <laughs> and you can't have any more than three Livingston players. So I'll have to rectify that first of all. But I don't know. I might, I might still take a hit. I might actually take a hit to get Callahan in, but I'll see how it goes. Right, so we need to get together the keeper to get who you want in regardless. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. Captain the vice-captain this week. I have went bold. I'm going to captain Mullen, vice-captain Guffrey. Just feel like a double game week. Rangers have got Aberdeen away. Could be a tight game. Now, mm-hmm. I'm just relying on here that Livingston at least get one clean sheet out of these two games and that way it would, it would work. But then obviously Rangers could mm-hmm. haul Tavernier, but my mindset is I'm just going to go. We use the head, they're in form. I've got three of the players. You said Robinson didn't start every game, but Mullins kind of shoe in because he's a shoe on, sorry. So 
I think I'm going to go with that. As we're sitting there, I'm sitting with Captain Mullen, Vice Captain Guffrey. Yourself? Um, I'm finding it hard to move away from Captain Tav. Hmm. I'm, I might I might Captain Tav and Vice Captain Guthrie. I think that's what I'm probably going to go for. But I might do vice versa because Guthrie, he's, he's on scoring form as well. He's had a few goals. So he's got a couple of fixtures there to provide us with a goal, either Ross County or Aberdeen. So, um, But I've definitely moved the vice on to Guthrie for this week just for the potential of two clean sheets there. If I wasn't... Uh... If it wasn't double game week, I wouldn't have done it. It's Chileans double game week in the yep. form, and I feel that I can do it. Right, we'll move on to questions then from Twitter. As I scroll down here, trying to find them. Right, here we go. Question, Dave Whitelaw. I've got a question for you. And excuse the language. Why the fuck did I leave Guthrie on the bench last weekend? Answers on a postcard. Right, I'll start first. You've had Guthrie on the bench. I'm assuming he's going to have a solid defensive lineup that most people in the game will have. A Rangers mm-hmm. double up, potential treble up, or an Aberdeen player, a Hibs player. So man's would be is you wouldn't have changed it another way because up to this point, Guthrie was your fifth choice defender. It's whether you want to try to change that tact and have more trust in Lummies and keep more clean sheets. Mm-hmm. What's that, Tom? Well, it's question was tongue and cheek, but you know what I mean. I mean, his scores up until that point, he got the sixteen there, but up until that point, he had seven, eight, thirteen, and then he blanked on the two. So I suppose. If you only looked at the previous fixture, you would have seen he'd blank. But if you kind of monitor the situation and look for that sort of um, pattern of returns, then you could say he's been on decent form. And it's just a case of keeping an eye on things form-wise from players and tailor your team to suit, really. Okay, next up, so Brian Kenyon. How to manage my team through the blank game week 25? I don't think blank game week 25 is, is something to, to sort of start to stress out about. As we said, there's only four teams that are playing. Given Motherwell's form, obviously things can change in the the, the, the two game weeks up in the run-up to that, but nobody's nobody should be taking hits and things to, to try and get Ross County or Motherwell players in. I think if you try and have your three Rangers players, two or three Aberdeen then you, you, you're going to get through the game. You're not going to you're not going to plummet through the ranks. Everyone's in the same boat on this one. Even if you managed um, to get three Rangers, three Aberdeen, three Motherwell, you're still only got nine players. You can't even get out um, a full start in eleven. So it's just it's it's pointless stressing over it. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. I looked at this and went, "There's absolutely no point in trying to plan for it. It's only two games." You might see people try to be cute who've kept a kept a wild card and get might get a full team out of it because you can get twelve players, what nine eleven obviously and one on the bench. But for me I wouldn't bother because you to recover from that wild card to get back to the team you want. So Exactly. I would it'll just believe it'll take a lot of hits as well, and plus all those teams that are um blanking are the teams in game week twenty eight that are going to have the double game week as well. So you're not going to be able to prepare for that in two game weeks. So as I said, definitely pointless. So that for fantasy podcast consensus is just ride it. If you've yep. got three Rangers players and a couple of Dean players, just go with the flow until then and that's it. Right, next up is from FPL Ballbag Andy. Is it time to... I, know, I always laugh at that name. You like that name, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Childish humour. Is it time to get rid of Hibs assets? Based on current form, then yes. Um, 
also seen today, in fact, that uh, Sunderland are supposedly in for Nisbet. That could uh, be a head-turner for him. Might affect his form, who knows? So it's a bit of a concern. The, 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 as I said, the Hibs, the Hibs assets are quite expensive. You, you have to invest a fair bit chunk of money to, to, to get them. And if they're not returning, then they've had their chance now. It's, it's, it's more than a sort of small blip. It's been a consistent poor run of form. So I would, I would suggest getting rid, especially when you've got these nice cheap Livingston players uh, banging in goals week in, week out. Okay, next up is from La Bitacora del FPL. So first up was base captaincy options. I think we've recovered that. Either if you just keep trusting Tav or if you want to take a hit and go for a Livingston player, double game week. And if you really think Aberdeen's got to do something as well, I suppose you've got two game weeks, that would be your options, I suppose. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention Aberdeen players because I don't think we, we were going by form Rangers and Livingston. Aberdeen could cause a shock, but again, I I wouldn't deviate for Cavanier unless you've got two or three Livingston players who you think can do double game week. Same Aberdeen, otherwise stick to the try and test it. You agree? Mm-hmm. I would say, yep, exactly the same. Right, next up. Sorry, football. Captain Guthrie for the or double game week or stay safe with Tav. So basically covered that. He's saying mm-hmm. Captain Guthrie, but so I was going Vice Captain Guthrie, so. What do you think on captain Guthrie? Um, you can captain if you think he's going to get some goals. Vice captain, you're only going to get the double points for the clean sheet and nothing else. Tav, he always seems to got, have a goal and assist in him. Uh, Guthrie himself is obviously a centre back and his main threat comes from set pieces. Big guy in front of goals. Whereas Tav, he's a full back. He's on set pieces, he's putting in crosses, he's on penalties. So there's that greater goal potential there. So I think sticking with Captain Tav and then putting the vice captaincy on Guthrie and then hoping he gets two clean sheets, I think that's probably the best way to go. Yep, agreed. Watch him scoring two goals for corners in both games now, Guthrie, but that's what happens. Right, that's us finish with the Scottish game. We want to the FPL, Tom, so quickly fire this up. The league, the league, the league, the league. Right, the top three is no change. No, actually, let's change one change. So, Gunnar's still top, lost to Mentores. Second is Picnic George. Daniel Arnott up to second with 91 points. Down to third is Boys in the Hoop. Jerry Agnew, 62 points. And the highest game week scorer of that week was Picnic George. But it was two game weeks overall. So, what we'll see is the average was 37 the first week, 56 the second week, which gave you an average of 93. So, our average over the same time was I had 35 and 77, which gave me 112. You had 48 and 73, that brought you to 121. And Gunnar 39 and 72, which brought us to 111. So, even though Gunnar's top, we both had a better average than in the last two game weeks. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. us through your points for the last game week? Yep. So, uh, Martinez got me three points. The back line was Robertson, one point. Cresswell got me 11. Zuma got me one. And Mitchell got me six. In midfield, I had Salah for two points. Uh, Sudden got me 13. Captain Bruno Fernandes got me 20. And up front, Calvert-Lewin got me two. Bamford got me two. And Kane got me 12. Any from the bench? Uh, well, I actually had Fraser Foster on the bench. And he got six points with the clean sheet against Liverpool. So that would have been better if I'd started him. But 
I, I couldn't foresee McCarthy getting uh, COVID. So. What's the chances? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> right, so my team was Martinez and goals three, Zuma, Cancelo and Stones, one, two, two. And obviously, you will discuss, we've talked about this on the on a chat, we're very close to getting two clean sheets, very close. <laughs> didn't, ha- didn't turn out. But such is, uh, such is the game. In midfield, Grealish, seven. Suchek, 11. Fernandez 10, Son 13, Salah Blanks 2, up front Captain Kane 24, and Banther 2. I actually had Zuma come off the bench. It was Johnson I started for West Ham because I didn't think Chelsea were going to win. And I had six points set with Walker Peters. But again, I didn't see me. It was between him and Johnson. I suppose I should have sat him in the first sub position over Zuma, but that's the things you do, I suppose. So we'll go to the results, Tom. You can talk us through and you've seen what you're about to talk about. So, am I going through the latest ones and you just hit some stats? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we can do that, yeah. Or do you want to do it the week before? Just the no, latest we'll, week? We'll, we'll just stick with the most recent. Right, okay. So, yeah, Friday, Friday, night game, <laughs> Friday night game was Everton 0, West Ham 1, and Man United 2, Aston Villa 1. Okay, so for Everton, uh, DCL, Dominic Carver-Lewin got another blank. That's two in a row from him. He's been fairly consistent this season. Next up for him in the next five fixtures, they face Wolves, Villa, Leicester, Newcastle and Leeds. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. A lot of managers will have a fair bit of um, money tied up in him, given how uh, much his price has increased. So it's going to cost you a lot to get him back. So it's a bit of a concern getting rid just now. I probably suggest he's a wait and see at the minute. West Ham, one goal. Suchek got the goal and assist came from Cresswell. That's now his sixth assist of the season and his sixth clean sheet as well. For Suchek, he's had four goals in the last seven game weeks and at 5.2 million, you can't really complain with those kind of returns. He's also had five shots on target in the past four game weeks and that's only bettered by El Ghazi, who has 12, Bruno Fernandes, six, and Rashford, who's also on six. The blank, but in the double game week, they've got one of the better doubles. They have Burnley at home and West Brom at home. After that, they do face Palace, which is a nice fixture. Liverpool's probably a trickier one when they're up against Villa, who have quite been quite good defensively as well. Um, we talked about Bruno and Rashford there, and that's a nice segue into the Man United game. Man United 2, Aston Villa 1. Fernandes and Martial got the goals, and Pogba and Wan-Bissaka got the assist. Traore uh, scored for Villa, and Grealish got the assist for that. Bruno Fernandes is, is a points machine, really. His last four totals have been 17, 12, 6, and 10. So four double-digit returns there. Sorry, three double-digit returns out of the four. He seems to like a lower-table opposition and an away fixture. And up next, we have Burnley. So he's probably potentially a captaincy option next week, potentially. But we'll probably come to that later. Rashford has started to show some consistency as well. Uh, He's had four goals in the last five game weeks, and he's only 11.8% owned. So although he's... Not quite a differential. He's very low owned. So if you're struggling in the mini leagues, you could maybe look at him. United, though, have only had four clean sheets this season. I would avoid defence on a whole, but if you're free hitting next week, Juan Bissaka might be a, an option. Um, they face Burnley, who has um, had the lowest attempts on goal out of the whole league this season. So might be good for a clean sheet next week, but in terms of the long term, I probably I probably would avoid United defence. I think there's better options out there. 
Grealish, on the other hand, he's 38.4% owned. He's had one goal, three assists, and six bonus points in the last eight. Uh, the fixtures actually get nice after the double game week. So those that are, have him just now, maybe, maybe look to keep a hold of. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah, you're reading notes again there. Right, so Saturday's games for Spurs 3, Leeds 0, Crystal Palace 2, Sheffield 0, Brighton 3, Wolves 3, West Brom 0, Arsenal 4. Okay, so the Spurs game 3 0. Uh, Kane got a goal and assist, Sun goal and assist, Underwild goal, and Bergwin an assist. Uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's rare for Leeds not to score, but we know Mourinho is a defensive minded manager. They have Villa away next, and then they've got Sheffield United in the blanks. So they don't have a double, but they do have that upcoming fixture against Sheffield United. And I do quite fancy Dyer uh, as a defender. He doesn't get a lot of attacking returns, but he's probably going to be good for clean sheets. I think it's quite difficult to justify getting rid of Kane and Son just now um, for double game week players, just because that Sheffield United fixture is quite a plum fixture. The doubles, a lot of other teams, they face a nice, like a, they've got a good fixture and then they face a more difficult one. So sometimes single game week players can score just as well or potentially more than a double game week player. So for now, I'm going to keep an eye on the Spurs duo and monitor the situation there. In terms of Leeds, we know the, we know the key players from Leeds. We know Bamford is good for a goal. They've got a nice double game week fixture coming up as well. We may want to invest in the likes of Rafinha as well. Dallas, although the Leeds aren't great for clean sheets, Dallas seems to, to get himself in about it. He's had a few goals recently, so he's a nice cheap option as well. I think he's only comes in at 4.6. Um, Palace 2 and Sheffield United 0. That is the first Palace clean sheet since game week one. And luckily enough for me, I started Mitchell, which was nice. It, it shows you how bad Sheffield United are. They've only scored eight goals this season. Which is, which is pretty low. Um, other than that, not a lot to say about that fixture, really. Uh, high scoring one next, Brighton three, Wolves three. Um, Dunk, Mopai and Connolly scored for Brighton. Trossard got a couple of assists for Wolves. Sace, Neves scored. Um, and Traore, Semedo and Neto got the assist there. With Sace, that's two goals in his last three. Um, Wolves, though, have not had a clean sheet since game week six. So it's quite a run without a clean sheet. It might Sace might be good for a one-week punt on a free hit. It might be a bit of a differential option there. And he may score against a leaky Everton. Um, Duncan Mopai, both have had two goals in the last three, but my love for Brighton is, is long gone, so I, I wouldn't suggest jumping on those boys uh, just yet. And then West Brom nil, Arsenal four. That's now two clean sheets in a row for Arsenal. Um, 8.2 million. Lacazette, he's had four goals in his last three and he's only 5.5% ownership. Saka as well was another standout. Two goals and two assists in his last three there as well. The question we've got to ask ourselves is, has Arsenal turned a corner? And if so, then it might be time to, to jump on some Arsenal assets. Um, Saka is actually... No, sorry, Lacazette is top for shots on target. Um, among strikers over the last four, He's had seven shots on target in that time, and he's also had four chances created. His expected goal involvement is 2.7 over that time, which is the third highest amongst all players. 
I think Bruno and I can't remember the other one are the only two that um, are better than that. Excellent. Uh, Sundays, we'll just put Sunday Monday together because there's only three games. Newcastle won, Leicester two, Chelsea won, Man City three, and Southampton won, Liverpool nil. Yep. So uh, Newcastle, Andy Carroll got the goal. That's that's a blast from that pass. Yeah, yeah. The name was shocked me. He somehow managed to get the three bonus points as well, yet he was only on the pitch for 11 minutes. I don't know how he managed that. You'll need to talk me through these bonus points one week. That could be one of the topics a couple weeks' time's coming, because I don't get these bonus points sometimes. I don't understand how they're giving out sometimes. It's a bit weird, but I digress. um, We'll talk off here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Leicester, goals, Tielemans and Madison, and assists Albrighton and Vardy. I like Vardy, very consistent. He's ticking along nicely. He's had 11 goals and eight assists so far this season. He does blank next, but in the double game week, he faces Southampton and Chelsea. He doesn't really show any signs of stopping. And I think Leicester is starting to show a little bit of, of form again. Madison's came back into the fold. He's had a couple of goals recently as well. He's maybe another one to keep an eye on. Um, other than that, Newcastle, not a big fan of Newcastle, but when we talk about the free hit, we'll talk about them more. Um, fixture after that was Chelsea 1, City 3. Uh, KDB got the goal and assist, two bonus points. Foden, goal and assist, three bonus points. Gundogan got a goal and Sterling got the assist. Uh, De Bruyne played at a false nine in this game and I thought he looked good as well. City's fixtures don't get any better than this as well. They face Brighton in the blank. Their double game week consists of Crystal Palace and Villa, and then they've got a nice run of West Brom, Sheffield United, and Burnley after that. I think it's probably time to, to, to triple up if you can. And they were so close to a clean sheet in this fixture as well. Um, they've, they've had four clean sheets in the last six. I would suggest targeting um, City defence. Yourself, you're on the double up. It's something mm-hmm. I'm probably looking to move towards as well. Chelsea, on the other hand, we, we talked about the, the Mendy effect. Mendy came in, um, showed up the defence. They've been great, but the form's kind of dropped off defensively. They've only had one clean sheet in the last seven, which is a concern. Because there's quite a few managers out there. that We, we, we obviously have Zuma. There's a few invested in Chilwell, James, uh, even Mendy, the goalkeeper. I think it's maybe time to move off those boys. Up after that was Southampton 1 and Liverpool 0. Liverpool's last three results have been a big concern. They drew 1-1 with West Brom, 0-0 with Newcastle, and now they've lost 1-0 to Southampton. I, I don't really know what's going on there. I was going to ask Gunnar, but he's, he's not here. Um, and on the other hand, Southampton have had three clean sheets in a row. So defensive-wise, they're on good form, and Fraser Forster helped them to, to achieve that too. Um, my talking point after that then is because we've just talked about the Liverpool game and we've talked about the City game. A lot of managers are going to be looking at Kevin De Bruyne and thinking, how, how can I get him in? Because he is quite expensive. I think he's 11.6. And although earlier on in the season, I did take a minus hit to get Sal in. I think he's probably the most obvious option in terms of who can we drop. His recent form hasn't been great. Uh, stick with me, stick with me. <laughs> you're, you're giving me that face, stick with me. Um, uh, so I decided to look at his stats over the last three game weeks. So I've, I've collated the kind of form players 
the guys that you'd maybe call premiums. I don't know if you call Son and Rashford a premium, but they're, they're fairly up there. So anyway, looking at uh, Rashford, Fernandez, Manny, KDB, Son and Salah. So over the last three game weeks, I looked at shots. Bruno Fernandez was top of the pile with 11 and Son was actually on the bottom with three. But Salah is um, joint second bottom with seven. But that's the same as KDB anyway. Looking at shots on target, he's, he's on the bottom with a single shot on target over the last three game weeks. Uh, the man on top was Rashford with five. In the middle, uh, Fernandez had four, Manny two, KDB two, and Son two. Goals, he's had none. All those other guys have returned. Uh, Rashford and Fernandez got two goals each. Manny, KDB, and Son all scored once. Um, looking at the assist potential then, uh, Salah has had no assists in that time. Fernandez has had two. Uh, KDB and Son both have one each, and the other two have none. In terms of chances created, he is second bottom uh, with two. Uh, Fernandez has had 11 chances created. Mane, four. KDB, five. Son, five. And at the bottom is Rashford with none. This isn't great. And then big chances created. KDB is on top with three. Salah has had none. And he's joint bottom with Rashford. Fernandez has had two. Mane, one. And Son, one. So recent form, poor, but then what I did was I extended the sort of period of time and looked over the last six game weeks and I also stuck in a couple of other players as well. Uh, I thought, let's look at Sterling as well and look at Grealish. Salah was second worst for chances created with four and big chances created one. But goal attempts, he was actually mid-table with 16 and there's quite a few guys there with 16 as well. And he was actually joint top for shots on target with nine. So looking at the longer term, his form isn't too bad. But in the shorter term, just collating the information from those three game weeks, very poor, especially for his price tag. So take from that what you want. You're telling me Salah's no longer a decent FPL asset. <laughs> well, if we look at the um, if we look at Liverpool's fixtures and compare them to, to Kevin De Bruyne's. Kevin De Bruyne, night and day in terms of fixtures. And he's also potentially playing in that false nine. Um, obviously, City do have issues with, with COVID, and that is, a, that is a worry. So if you're going to move for him, I would, I would obviously wait for team news. But he's playing as a false nine. Potentially, Aguero might not come back. I think um, Pep said Aguero's not quite there with regards to his fitness. So, so you're, uh, on, you're on Salah right now, right? We're all on Salah. Are you I'm Salah, yeah. making the jump? I'm thinking about it. Making the jump there. Okay, it's interesting. I always get the fear. I've not got Salah on my team. Oh, I know. I know. I it's know, that fear that he's going to hold. I don't know. It's, it's something to think about. Obviously, this week won't, it won't really matter. I'm maybe thinking about the next week. You make a compelling argument anyway. That's right, you do. I won't be anybody I'll be free hitting. The double up consists of Man United and then Burnley. And then the fixture after that, the play. The, Face Spurs. I'm sure Mourinho will probably be set up to defend there. West Ham haven't been too bad defensively. And then they've got a nice fixture against Brighton, which isn't too bad. But then they face Man City and Leicester. After that, looking at Man City, obviously we said Brighton, Palace, Villa, then West Brom, Sheffield United and Burnley. I don't know. I kind of fancy my chances against. Okay, okay. Right, we'll move on to predictions then. There's a mull that over. 
As it stood, Peter had 13, Tom had 9, and Gunnar had 12. So the, the game we actually predicted were all way back two weeks ago, so I had a good week this one. Chelsea Villa won each. I got that, three points. You said 0-0 no, no, my point. Gunnar had 1-0 to Villa, no points. So if I'm to waste time, I said 0-0, no, no, another three points for me. You said two each, a point for you. Gunnar said one each. In the last game with Newcastle, Liverpool, I said 4-1. You said 3-1, and Gunnar said 2-0, and all that finished in a draw. So the week coming ahead, because it's because well, there's going to be two game weeks before our next podcast, I've got six games here for you to predict. So first up, Wolves and Everton, and I went 1-0 Wolves, and Gunnar's went one each. Um... 2-1, Wolves. Villa Spurs. Two 0 Spurs. Arsenal Crystal Palace. Three 0 Arsenal. Samezies. Liverpool Man United. Two one Man United. Oh, gonna won't like that one. I've said two each, by the way, I'm going to say 3-1. I meant to ask last one, and I said 3-0 Arsenal, I'm going to say 2-1, right? Uh, next up, Leeds-Brighton. I've went 3-2 Leeds, Gunnar's went 2-1 Leeds. 3-1 Leeds. And the last game, Leicester-Southampton, and me and Gunnar both said 2-1 Leicester. I think 1-1. Okay, so the next part... Would be the captain's transfers segment, but obviously at the same time, free hits now this week. You haven't taken a free hit, Tom, but I'm taking a free hit. So you can talk us through if you're going to make a transfer this week first, and then you do have, even though you're not taking one, you do have a, a free hit template. That's right. So you can talk us through that, and then if, if any captain you think for this game coming up, obviously with a shortened fixture list. Well, I banked my transfer from last week, so I've actually got two free transfers to take. Okay. I need to try and... Uh, get a, a decent squad out. How many the... playing players have you got now before you make your transfers? I'll just bring that up for you. So I've got Martinez in goals. I've got Mitchell as my only playing defender, if he plays, against Arsenal. Um, I've got Son, Fernandez, and up front I've got DCL and Kane. So I'm either looking at doing the two free transfers or maybe doing a mini wild card and taking a minus four for three transfers. Right. But I'm looking at getting rid of Salah and I'm looking at getting rid of Robbo, KDB and Cancelo coming in and I might take a hit to maybe get that second Man City defender in there as well. If I do so, then I'll captain KDB. Okay. So, three hit then, right? This is where we have to do the red herring and say nonsense so Gunnar doesn't write these notes down. <laughs> I had a wee look last night. Now, I didn't take much notes because there's a lot of COVID talk, 40 players failed at test yesterday, so I didn't want to get too mm. much into it. I'm going to wait to near the time. I do have a rough idea I want to do because I'm going to talk from a team quickly. As it stands now, pick team, pick team. I've got Martinez and goals. I've already got a back two of Cancelo and Stones. Midfield, I've got Son, Fernandez, and Grealish. And up front, I've got Kane. Brewster on the bench, right? But I'm not even going to consider him. So, what I'm thinking is we can talk for ourselves, right? We'll start with goalkeepers. What do you think of a goalkeeper for a free hit? Well, Newcastle faced Sheffield United. Sheffield United 
only scored eight goals this season. Don't look like scoring. So I chose Darlow, Newcastle's keeper. I am thinking I will have the Arsenal keeper. Is it Leto? Leno. Yeah, Leno. And I might have Darlow as backup. Then again, I, what's the point? It's only one game, isn't it? So you just buy a cheap boy, doesn't matter, does it? You only have one game. I look at that near the time. I'm going to go, I think Arsenal. Sorry, you go. No, I was, I was wrong. I thought Southampton played, but they don't do No, they're blank. I was going to say you could get Fraser Foster in at four points. <laughs> Nothing. I'll look at it when I see it. I think I'm going to stick with Arsenal. The, the, the Arsenal or Man City, but obviously the keeper's missing Man City. And he missed with COVID, so yep. I think Arsenal will most likely have a clean sheet. Maybe the Gea Burnley, but Man United leak at the back. So I think Arsenal was my choice for keeper. So Newcastle obviously is a good Sheffield. They don't score many goals, so that would be the second choice. I need to think about that. Is it Sanzer move for Arsenal in defence? Now. I've already got Stones can sell. I don't see me changing that. I think I'll bring in Tierney. Mm-hmm. I think I'll also bring in... See, this is where it gets... Wolves and Everton. I think Wolves will keep a clean sheet. I think Everton's a bit goal-shy. I might bring in two Arsenal defenders and a Wolves defender. I'm definitely bringing in Tierney. I think, I think Tierney's on a, a nice bit of form. I could fit, potentially go for a trip-up for Man City, but they're not supposed to put all your eggs in one basket. I'm going to look at who have you got for your defensive? So defensive, I've got Tierney, Stones, and Cancelo, and then uh, Mitchell at three point nine, and then another three point nine, just to make up the numbers. So you're going to go a three five two. Three five two, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the same. I'll be Stones, Cancelo, and Tierney. We'll look at the same thing here. Right in midfield, obviously I've got Son, and Grealish, and Fernandez will play. Now, KDB, I think, and maybe bring in Sterling as a differential, maybe. And also the midfielder from Aston Villa, who has he scored? Scored the goals recently. El Ghazi. Yeah, maybe for him. For I mean, I've got Grealish my team anyway, so maybe just do the bit differential and bring in El Ghazi for the one week. Possibly Trori. Who else midfield? I'm thinking here. Saka for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashford, Man United. I think I had in my when I wrote it out last night. Rashford done it as well. Gear will need to look. But I think that's where I'm going to be setting up in the five. Mid- I want five midfielders who are basically all going to score, all going to play, and all a decent chance of returning. Who have mm-hmm. you set? Who's your midfield set up to be? So I've got Rashford, KDB, Fernandez, El Ghazi as a bit of a punt, and then Saka. So pretty much the same five, roughly. Yep. And up front, on look again. So I've got nobody up front. So I had down Lacazette. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else do I have down here? Wilson for Newcastle. Yep. And I think I just kept Kane. I think I was if you had looked at. Mm-hmm. Maybe yourself. Is that the same for you? That's that's what I've got. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. We've pretty much take the same line. Wilson Wilson would be coming as a, a first sub. Mm-hmm. That's the way I got it. I would have this. I would have the exact same team that. I know it's a lot of games, but it's it's quite slim pickings when you think about it. But you want to have. The 11 it's going to play. The only thing I'm concerned about is waiting to see, obviously, COVID-related stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm activating that right up to the end. We're waiting to Monday night team news, I think, for a go for the Tuesday deadline. And take it for there. In a game with yourself, I'll probably be captain in either KDB, if I bring him in, mm-hmm. potentially Sterling, or just stick with try and test it with Bruno, I think. That's the three, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. 
think it's probably between Bruno and KDB. I think when it comes to it, I will pick KDB or Sterling. I think that's just in my head when I'm thinking that'd be a bit different. Then obviously, the Sterling can go nuts at the hall, but he's not done it very often. If he does it, he does it. Fair enough. But KDB is more tried and tested. And I think that would be, I think that would be it for free hit news. So I wonder if Gunnar's quickly typing this down, right? He's on because he says he's going to for his own free hit. But you're not going to bother. You think you're going to stick with him? Maybe a mini wild card. Maybe just do a mini wild card and see if I can get through with that. And you're and keeping that for what? For the Game week 25, 26. So you keep it for that one. Yeah, I'm looking at just to see if I can get a bit of an edge at that point. Okay, because you're quite trail mind at this point, Tom. I want to bring it up. <laughs> it's a marathon, not a sprint. Correct. Don't bite Tom, I'm only kidding on. Right, that's us finished this week. So Tom, that's your plugs. Okay, so I'm at FFS underscore Scout on Twitter. Uh, the blog post will probably be up at some point tomorrow. I'll also do the podcast as well. If you want any stats, team advice, questions, hit me up on Twitter. Excellent. Follow me on Twitter as well, Fantasy Half. Gunnar, you can find on the Fantasy Football Pod. Weekly. Weekly. I get those mixed up. There you go. And if you like your podcast, listen to the Nations Review or wherever you get your podcasts. And I think that's us till next week. We'll be back with more football. And I got, again, it'll be another double game week for the FPL. Mm-hmm. So, Tom, say goodbye. Goodbye. Right. See you later. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.